Hi guys, welcome back to another edition of the Red Wall Podcast. I'm your host, per usual. My name is Marcelo Inestroza, and I'd like to welcome you to episode number 82, entitled Written By. Alright guys, so in this edition of the show, I interview someone who needs very little introduction uh, at least if you've been listening to my podcast for a very, very long time, I was so pleased to have her finally as a guest on my podcast. And if you don't know who I'm, spe- who I'm specifically referencing, I suggest that you go listen to two episodes of my podcast specifically. Uh, those two episodes are misunderstanding, and scared to death. But if you have listened to those two episodes before, then you know what you know what high esteem I hold this individual in. So with that being said, I really hope that you enjoy my conversation with Australian screenplay writer Dean Stark. Welcome to the Red Wall, Dean Stark. It's a pleasure to finally have you here. I feel like we have been waiting to do this for a very long time. And it has been my fault, so I totally take responsibility for that. But I'm very, very happy to finally be on your podcast. No, well, technically it was my fault because I was the motherfucker that 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 gave myself the alternative because the only reason that you're here is because I was mad enough to give you one of my scripts because you said you wouldn't come on the show, you know, unless I sent you a script. So I, I finally grew up here and I sent you something. Do you know what's funny? I, I said that um, because I didn't think you were going to give me the script. I thought because you've been you've been hanging it over my head for so so long. And I'm like, I wonder if I say I'll go on his podcast. If he gives me the script, he'll give it to me. But I, I honestly, I didn't think you were ever going to give it to me. And when you gave it to me, I was like, oh, now I have to go on his podcast. And I never back out. When I promise something, I always do it. But yeah, I thought that was funny. If you're curious about who this person is, this Australian firecracker is <laughs> the only, you know, this is the woman that directly inspired two of my past episodes, uh, Misunderstanding and Scared to Death. And uh, to, be on, you know, to be honest, you still kind of terrify me a little bit for, for, your, for your skill with screenplay writing and you know, um, basically your thoughts on the craft. Um, well, I, I'm self-taught. So I've never studied a day in my life, screenwriting, film school, anything like that. So, because I kept getting rejected from film school. Every time I would apply, I would get rejected. And I was like, why do they keep rejecting me? Because I had nothing to show. They wanted me to show something. And I'm like, well, I can't show you something because I haven't been taught how to write screenplays. So I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to teach myself. So I just read as many screenplays as I could, read as many books. Um, my first screenplay looks like it was written by a child, but I mean, I got there at the end. But um, yeah, I think screenwriting, people people think screenwriting is easy. They're like, oh yeah, writing is easy, but maybe writing a book, maybe, I don't know, I've never tried. But writing a screenplay, as you know, is hard. It's not just, I'm just going to write down what's going to happen and that's it, which is what I thought it was going to be at first. And then I'm like, wait a minute, there's like a beat sheet and there's like a hero's journey and the, the character needs an arc. I'm like, what? And then I had to go research it. Um, but, but finally, uh, in the end, um, I got there. I remember this one time where a family member suggested that any story ideas, I should just write into a book because writing a book is easier than writing a screenplay. I got that too, yeah, from everybody. You should write a book, it's way easier. But my, my passion was never writing books, it was writing screenplays. So I sort of just dismissed that and decided to go with my passion. But yeah, I totally get what you're saying. When this specific family member said that, I wanted to punch her in the face. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get that too. Where did your journey to become a storyteller begin? So 
there was a movie that was coming out, a horror movie, and I was so excited for it. It was, I saw the trailers and I was like, this is going to be epic. And it was just one of those movies where every single molecule in my body was just screaming, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. So I took my cousin to see it. And afterwards, I remember we were sitting outside the cinema and she looked at me and she said, what did you think? And I never forget what I said to her. I looked at her and I said, I reckon I could write a better horror movie than that. And that was it. And that was what clicked in me. And I'm like, I can write good, I can write way better horror movies. And that's sort of how it started. In all seriousness, I'm not like uh, the biggest horror fan in the world. But if you ever send me the script for your, uh, the, the script for your film, The Body, I will, I will read that fucking thing and I will shout from the rooftops. That is the most awesomest thing I've ever read. Have I not sent you that? I feel, have I? No. I've sent some people that, oh, I'm going to send you it. Yeah, you got to tell me what you think. Like, really, what you think. Really? Yeah, of course I'll send it to you. I I don't know why. I have this thing in my head where I thought I sent it to you, but clearly I didn't. (laughs) I will, I promise. Uh, I've talked about you to certain family members, and, and they're like, how can you like this person so much if you haven't if you haven't read a word that she's written? And I'm like, this woman uh, was responsible for making me, you know, commit suicide off of the writing cliff. So if it wasn't for you yeah. telling me to, you know, you know, basically call me a pussy and saying jump, and you know, and do it already. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten close to finishing the draft of the of the script that I'm currently working on. So that's all you, sweethearts. Okay, the thing is with, with screenwriters, with a lot of people in the creative industry, is there's a lot of fear attached to it because we don't like to be judged. We don't like people to rip our shit apart. We're very close to our hearts. It's, I mean, it's very much a screenwriter thing to do. And I did that for a long time until someone was like, you have to get it out there. Like, you have to get people to read it to get honest feedback. Otherwise, how do you grow as a writer? And over the years, I've had so much rejection and so many people telling me, you know, you're not good at this, you can't do this. And I was like, yeah, but I want to do it. And that only sort of fueled me to get better. And like I said, like my first script, actually like my first two or three screenplays were absolute rubbish because they're supposed to be rubbish. You only get good on maybe like your fourth, fifth, sixth script. Um, So with you, I knew that... As soon as you got it out there, as soon as you sent it to someone and you got critical feedback, like, I feel like that was the first step for you to overcoming um, your fears and the weaknesses that you perceive to have, which I don't. I feel like your weaknesses are not weaknesses. They're just in your head. Um, But I feel like I like pushing people off a cliff because when you push them off a cliff, they think they're going to, you know, not land properly but you land you land on like a a cloud or something so you know hopefully i've pushed you in the right direction to keep giving your scripts to people and keep getting that feedback because it's only going to help you grow as a writer yeah i will admit there are certain things that i had in my that i had in my draft that i took out because i knew they would piss you off these things weren't uh story-based they were screenplay writing uh, quirks it depends on the description because descriptions of characters need to be really concise i am terrible at describing characters i almost never do it when i write a character i literally write their age and that's it unless they have like tattoos that they need to have or a, a certain hairstyle that projects who they are i don't do character descriptions if your character description is like you know, two or three sentences long. Yeah, that's when I'm like, what are they doing? But, you know, short, concise character descriptions. I mean, it's better if you have it than if you don't. And uh, the other thing that that I thought about taking out, but I kind of needed because I felt, you know, I was like, if I ever get this movie made, I'm gonna, I'm, I need this specific shot. And I, and I felt if I don't put it in there, the director isn't going to understand what, type of shot I want so that's why I put in I, I put it in there and also it was like a, a giant flare in the air it was it was a homage to one of my favorite shows of all time lost so I had yeah. to I had to keep that in there when you have an idea in your head how do you structure a story where do you start if I have an idea in my head it's usually a lightning bolt and I sit down 
I open my laptop, I get my screenwriting software, I sit down, I wait a few minutes to get sort of into the group of things, and then I start writing it. I don't do outlines, I don't do beat sheets, I don't do character bios, I do nothing. I just sit there and write whatever filters through my head. I call it like intuitive writing. I've tried to do outlines. I've had many writers say to me, you have to do an outline. And, I, and at the beginning, I was like, shit, maybe I need to do an outline. I've tried to do outlines, but I just get blocked. Like I can't even write a sentence with an outline, with a character bio, nothing. It's only when I sit in front of the script that the story sort of filters through. And then once I've got the script down, then I go back and fix things and do the character arc and all of that. But yeah, it's just... I don't do I don't do prep work or anything like that, which I used to think was wrong. And I was like, shit, it's it's maybe I'm not doing it correctly. But then I realized over time that every writer has their own style on how they get things on the page, and yeah, that's my style. Uh, well, my style is just to you know get the bones of the story down to to, to write it yeah. into a into a, into like a word document. And then shoot from the hip when I get to um, when I get to the actual script writing process as far as formatting. And let's say that you were writing a script and you had a character in the script that doesn't speak English. How would you write their parentheticals? Um, I have written scripts where the character doesn't speak English, depending on what language. I I write the dialogue in English, and then I write next to um the name like next to the like it just say the name of the characters marcelo all right next to it or underneath it um spoken in like cantonese spoken in french or you can do it like above the dialogue like in the action like the next sequence of dialogue is entirely in french but then i just write it in english because i totally fucked that up in the script that i sent you i don't know if you noticed that what was it which part was it <laughs> In the script that I send you, I have one character for about 94% of the film. He speaks Spanish. He doesn't speak English. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it the dad? Yeah, it's the dad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I remember that. I remember that. So, no, I, no, I just wanted to get your, your, um, your feedback on how you handle parentheticals. When you write action, do you think that more is best or less is more? I think I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> less is definitely more. I've read screenplays where the action is like five, six, seven, eight sentences, and it just gets boring. It just doesn't – because people that read screenplays and myself, like, they're so long, you don't want to be stuck on, like, really long action. So the short, concise is just the best. Just put the bare minimum. I think in a lot of scripts – It'll be like, oh, um, I don't know, like a car drives off a cliff and it goes into the water and that'll be it. But when they're filming it, obviously the director will put more stuff into it. But for me, it's just, just it's the bare minimum that I write, just so the person reading it can get a, a picture of what's going on. And who are some of your favorite writers from a screenplay writing perspective? Do you have any? Yeah, so, you know... Kevin Williamson, yeah. top of my list. Mm. He wrote some of my favourite movies, Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer, yep. The Faculty, Teaching Mrs. Tingle, which is such an un underrated movie, and a lot of people don't know about it. It that kind of went under the... I'm, no, I'm sorry. That movie is fucking awesome. Isn't it? It's so awesome, and not a lot of people know about it, and I feel like it needs to be brought to the forefront because it is just that good. And obviously he wrote Dawson's Creek, one of my favorite tv shows ever and i could i've literally watched all the seasons like five times over i've got the dvds it's on netflix now so i can watch it whenever i want mm. and it's just yeah he, he's amazing and he he did some stuff for the vampire diaries as well which is one of my other favorite shows i mean he just can't put a foot wrong but other than him i really like um lee one l so nice uh yeah for people that don't know he wrote all the insidious movies which I think are top-notch horror movies. And recently he wrote The Invisible Man, which is, to me, 10 out of 10 in horror. Like, he just smashed that. And he directed that as well. So I think, like, I, I keep an eye on him because I think he's going to do some really wonderful things. And the other one I like is Mike Flanagan. 
again, maybe people don't know him by name, but he wrote um, The Haunting on Hill House, of Hill House, which was a Netflix series, which is like the best horror series I've ever seen. Um, his writing is just like amazing and he's doing a few more horror projects. So yeah, I'm excited to see where he goes. So they would be my top three at the moment. Just to address the Kevin thing, I mean, you know this because I've said this on multiple occasions, Kevin is the entire reason that I'm speaking to you right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But other than, other than Kevin, uh, like, like it, for, for me, if I could list off a couple writers who I admire and sort of, and sort of uh, uh, influence the way that I actually structure scripts, uh, it's actually uh, Kevin. Uh, he uh, he who shall not be named, you know who he is, and uh, um, oh, it's Joss. Because listen, when someone says he who shall not be named, my brain goes to Voldemort. So that's the reaction that I wanted you to have. That, that's why I said it. But it's it's a uh, it's Joss Whedon. Yes. Listen, I may not like what he's doing, sort of um, in the real world but his writing is just i mean to me is amazing yeah. Buffy's my favorite tv show fact mm-hmm. like nothing will ever come close to that it's buffy all the way including the original movie oh god i love so you I, think he's a genius. I love you and not because you love joss but because you because you love the original movie because that's how i first discovered joss I didn't... Yeah, me too. Honestly, like I've seen that movie so many times. I could run off the dialogue. I just, I love every single part of it. Um, so it's Kevin, Joss, JJ, uh, Damon Lindelof. Oh, yeah. yeah, Damon Lindelof. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alice Kurtzman and uh, uh, Roberto Orsi. Those are that. That's my like top five or top six writers. I don't know if you've heard this before, but when I was learning how to write screenplays, like my professor, where were you like 15 years ago? I needed you. God damn it. I don't, I don't know why. Some, sometimes I think I don't know why these, these people are teaching when they don't know. And look, the stories that you've told me about like <clears throat> your time in the screenplay course, I feel like the guy teaching you was just rubbish. I, I feel like you should have gotten more out of it. After the course, um, like you know, I I taught myself how to do what I initially wanted to do, which was which was writing for TV. I never wanted to write film. Yeah, I just wanted to be a TV writer. But um, you know, with all my negative experiences, I was just really happy that I I learned how to write for film. I I'm. Yeah. I'm I'm very very appreciative of that, and believe it or not, I mean you think you 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 think he's rubbish because you just said it, but I am very appreciative to him because he gave me he gave me all the leeway that he possibly could, like like yeah. like Which back like wasn't bloody much. Like back then, I was a fucking disaster. For me, the, the one script that saved my that that saved my writing life was um the pilot script for for fringe heard of that show oh, oh i love that show oh my god that's one of my favorite shows god. <laughs> i love it so much yeah. it's so good so after i read that script i took specific screenwriting elements from that script and i infused it into my writing and after i did that some of the some of the main questions that i had in screenplay writing class were washed away. Like early on, one of my one of my biggest problems it, uh, with screenplay writing, I, either a film or a, uh, a TV series, was how to describe movement. How to how to describe you know like you know like I'll get up from a chair and go walk across the room, right? Without having to use another scene header, right? I wanted a way to move my characters within the same scene without having to without having to use a fucking scene header. They didn't te- that guy didn't teach you that? You don't have to use a scene header when the character moves around if it's in the same No, I know that. Room. No, I know that now. Yeah. But but I yeah, oh yeah now. Yeah, but what I took what what I took was a little was a little device that uh JJ used. Um yeah, so I took that little 
screenplay writing device. And now when I want characters to move from, you know, uh, within a scene, I just put that little thing down instead of using a whole fucking scene header. I guess I wasn't taught properly. It doesn't sound like it. Like from everything you, you told me, like crazy, crazy. It, it just like, I always thought like, who the hell is this guy teaching? I feel like he's like severely underqualified. He wanted me to write my scripts a certain way to the, to, to the point yeah. where it, it almost felt like I, I, I couldn't please him. Like, like I, um, like if I put in so too much. What was he telling you to do? What, what, what way was he saying you have to write it this way? No, no, he, no, no. He was saying that, you know, when I write, he wants to see it. So I'm like, okay, so how much detail you want me to put in? How much is okay? How much isn't okay? So I would put in way too much. And then he would tell me to dial it back. And then he would say, you know, uh, you put in way too much. Try to find some place. And then I'm like, what the fuck do you want? You want yeah. more or less? What the fuck do you want? And the thing that really aggravated me. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little crazy now. The thing that yeah, the thing that really fucking aggravated me. I told uh, uh, Matt Crandall this. You know, you know, Matt. You've spoken to him on Twitter a couple times. Yes, yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, the the point that I, you know, my head fucking spun off my fucking body was, I was like, okay, enough. I'm actually going to go online and read some fucking scripts. So I went online and I read the script for The West Wing. And if you've, yeah. if you've read that script for The West Wing, the script for The West Wing is 99% dialogue. And I'm like, are, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're, you're, you're telling me to do all this fucking shit. And look at this. I lost my mind. I was like, you know, at that point, at that point, I was like, fuck it. Yeah, did I tell you this story that... Um, one writing exercise when uh, we uh, when I was writing a uh, a script uh, in the class for a, like a like a group project, right? To learn how to um, uh, write with other writers. So um, you know we we both did our parts, and then we turned into scripts. And then another writer in the group came to me and he said, "Do you know that this that that this other person that we worked with changed all our dialogue?" And I'm like. What are you talking about? He's like, she changed everything. She used nothing that we wrote. And wow. at that point, I didn't tell you this, did I? No. Yeah, I, you know, at that point, I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm done with this. So I was like, screw it. Yeah, I think, yeah, the person that changed your dialogue will... They probably won't make it in Hollywood because you don't do that. If you're collaborating with a writer, the one thing you don't do, I mean, first of all, there's boundaries. You do not change what the other writer has written. You don't do it. It's like an unspoken rule. That's just, I mean, no. Even if you think that what you what you can write is better, you just don't fucking do that. Mm-hmm. So, and look, on the West Wing thing, I have read so many scripts and they are all written differently. And I think I told you the other day I was reading the script to 13 Ghosts, which is one of my favorite horror movies. And it was the the production script. So it should have been polished, so it should have been perfect. And there was so many structural formatting errors, I couldn't believe it. And I thought, wait, I wasn't I wasn't I don't I don't do this. Like everything I write is so perfect because everyone's like to get into the industry, the formatting has to be perfect, everything has to be perfect. But when you actually read professional scripts, like the West Wing, like you said, like it's full of dialogue and that's like something that people tell you not to do. Don't put too much dialogue and don't put too much action and don't do this and don't do that. And you read professional scripts and they just totally don't abide by what you think you should do. So when someone says you should write like this, you should write like that, I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to write how I write um, because not every writer is the same like for example like quentin tarantino i think he's great i think everything he does is great but if you read one of his scripts that he's just written down from his brain without it like it hasn't gone into production yet it is riddled with spelling mistakes grammar mistakes like it just looks like it's written by a kindergarten person i mean he must get someone to proofread it but that's sort of yeah it's it doesn't there's not one way 
to do it. There's not one right way because every professional script is going to look different to the way that you were told it is supposed to be, which is annoying (laughs) because then you're like, shit, what should I do and how should I write it? I took a long time to find my uh, writer's voice. On that same note, how long did it take you to find your writer's voice? How long did it take you to get your confidence that that I believe is so fucking wonderful? Um, it, oh, it took me a while. It took me um, years, years and years and years of keep, keep, keeping my scripts to myself. It was only when I started to enter competition to get real feedback because there's no one in my life that knows shit about screenwriting. And I'm like, I, I don't want to show them. So I thought, okay, I'm going to enter competitions. And so I I started entering competitions. And when I started getting feedback, like, and winning competitions, I started, I, the first competition I entered, I won. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And then the more and more competitions I entered, I started winning and I started placing and I started getting selected. Um, for all my scripts, it wasn't just one, it was for everything that I'd written. And I'm like, maybe I'm like not shit at this. Maybe I'm good. And then when I send my scripts to people, um, to producers and directors, they've given me amazing feedback. They're like, yeah, yeah, no, it's really good. And I'm like, wait, really? And then I've been hired more than a few times to do rewrites on feature scripts and to, you know, do polishes and stuff like that. So. I think once you get yourself out there and you get the feedback, even if it's not the feedback that you want, you can always learn from it <clears throat> and grow from it. So my confidence stemmed from just getting feedback and the more positive feedback I got, um, the more I thought to myself, maybe I'm not bad. Maybe I can actually like do this. Yeah. Um, for, for my writer's voice, my writer's voice came out of a place of pain and frustration. A long, long time ago, a girl done me wrong. A long story short, because of her rejection of me and the person I was, I spent a year and a half in depression. If it wasn't for some really good friends and close family members, I wouldn't have been able to to stand back up again. But even when I got my confidence back, I just wanted to to get these negative feelings out of my head and I wanted to have the conversations with her in in my own world that she wouldn't let me have in the real world. So that's where I came up with the character that you read. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, you didn't tell me that. That's interesting. I like that. I like that because we're as writers, we write what we know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, all all the all the all the characters in the script that I send you, they're based on real people. That is excellent. I never do that. Because I'll tell you why it sucks. Because if I ev- if I ever get something produced, my family cannot watch this shit. The script that I send you is a script that I wrote after my grandmother died. Mm-hmm. I wrote it I wrote it as a way to deal with my grandmother's death and and um, I, I wrote it as a way to deal with the sort of uncomfortable relationship that I was having with my grandfather. That I, I wanted to be closer to my grandfather, but I just wasn't. So I figured, you know what? I'm gonna write this character, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him everything that I can't tell him in real life. Yeah, it's therapeutic, right? When you yeah. do that. And, you know, uh, the the script that you read is very, very tame. The original script before I before I fixed it uh, is it's it's a lot it's a lot darker. It's it's really uh, violent. (laughs) It's why did you change it? I did. Okay, I'll I'll tell you why I changed it. Before I tell you this, um. What's your, like, like do, do you have a philosophy when it comes to writing and there's a reason why I'm asking this, so. Do I have a philosophy? Not really. Yeah, like, like, like do you have a, um, okay, so the reason why, look, my, my philosophy as a writer, for me, the most important thing when I write is that 
to me, the small moments mean everything, right? Like, right. like I want the reader to feel what I'm feeling when I'm writing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? I mean, the only thing, the only thing I can say about my stuff is I want the writer to feel that fear that I would want them to feel when I'm right. writing my horror stuff. Right. And the problem, the problem with my original script is that because, because the small moments mean everything to me, like the original script had my characters before, before the original plot kicked in, uh, the original scripts had my characters go to the, go, go to the track meet as usual, but then they take a side trip to North Carolina, right? Yeah. And spend, and spend like, what, 30 pages, you know, walking around North Carolina and connecting with, you know, this friend that, uh, uh, my main character has. And that, was simply because in real life I have a, I have a couple friends in North Carolina that, but I'm never going to be able to go and see them. So I put that in there just be just for wish fulfillment. Right. Okay. Yeah, I get you. And and uh, the person who read the script didn't know that I was a disabled person and didn't know my circumstances. So that's why yeah. I so so that's why I believe that he didn't understand what I was trying to go for. Like, if I gave you the original draft, you would understand it because you know who I am. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't, but, but, but the, but the, but the original reader, you know, didn't, right? Yeah. And I ended the original draft with something way out of left field. And the original reader said, the ending changes everything that came before. So what I did was I took that ending and I expanded it. And I, you know, and I and I changed the direction of the script basically. I made I made it I made it into a science fiction film. When oh, okay. when it was originally it was more of a drama and it was it, it was it was fir it, it was firmly planted in reality except for that last scene, because the last scene of the movie, I wanted the audience or the reader to, to, to question everything that came before. Right, okay. So, yeah. I like the, um, like the sci-fi aspect, and I think I told you in the notes, like, I want you to, like, yeah. expand on yeah, that. Yeah, I got it, yeah. More, yeah. I really, I love that, that direction that you were taking in the script. No, the other thing, the other thing that I acknowledge, um is that I don't think that I wrote the the the, um, the female character very well. And I acknowledge that because I, I, I just used her as a as a as a device for, for for the main character to eventually feel pain. Because um, the script isn't about it's not about um, it's not about Bo and Naya. It's about Anthony and his and yeah. his and his inability to let go of his of his of his family, you know. Be yes, exactly. Which is why I said you need to focus more on that because I was more interested in his story and him coming yeah. back from the military and his yeah. PTSD and all yeah. that and the, yeah. the sci-fi aspect. That was what was really interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, that that came from somewhere, but I but I don't want you to. I, uh, <laughs> If I, if I tell you where that came from, you're going to think, you're gonna think I'm going to rip off. <laughs> no, I won't, but okay, you don't have to tell me. I'll tell you, well, I can tell you now. I'm, the, the thing is probably never going to come out, so Fox is never going to sue me. Well, Disney is never going to sue me for this. <clears throat> mm. The the bald men in black suits, they're supposed to be observers. Yeah, like from Fringe. Yeah, right, you, you got that, right? Good. Cause yeah, I got it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hide that very well. If you, yeah. but what what I wanted to do was tell a story that could take place in the world of Fringe, but yeah. wasn't directly connected. To, but you got that right. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, of I course did. you. Did. <laughs> I'm curious. Have you ever written a, a script that has been that personal to you, like, like in the way that I have? Um. Uh. In. In a lot of my scripts, I do put in personal experiences, but there hasn't 
been a script as a whole that I've written that has been based on an entire personal experience for me. Hmm. I just sort of pick and choose what's gone on in my life and I inject it into my scripts. Hmm. Um, I think I think it'll be a really interesting exercise to find out, like, if you took, well, I don't want to say this because I don't know how you're, all right. I'm gonna ask you something, and then I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna sort of reframe what I wanted to say. Okay. <laughs> what is your, uh, what does your family think about your career choice? Oh my god, um, I, I have got the best of both worlds. Oh really? I've got my, yeah. It's been really, it's 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 been nice because my mom has always said like you do whatever it is that you love to do she's never pushed me to do anything else she's like you want to be a screenwriter okay do it she knows nothing about the industry so she doesn't know how hard it is to get into it but she's just like if this is what you want to do you want to write you do it but then on the other hand i've got family members telling me maybe you should have maybe you should do this as a hobby and not try to do it as a career or maybe you should write books or maybe you should have a backup plan just in case like my entire life just in case it doesn't work you should have a backup plan and it's not a bad idea because becoming a professional screenwriter is <laughs> i mean it's not easy it's probably one of the harder things you could do mm-hmm. um so they weren't they weren't giving me bad advice but it was just like i needed more support but it never it never um got to the point where I went, no, I don't want to do it anymore because you can't, like, you know, you can't just not do it. It's a calling. It's a, it's a, it's a passion um, in your soul. And if I don't make it, then I don't make it. But at least that I've tried when I write, um, it's a beautiful feeling when you sit down and write. So yeah, from my family, I've had it from both ends, which has been a good balance. Yeah. So you don't have the deep emotional scars that I do. Uh, no. About, <laughs> no ab- I don't. Ab- about my family, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, no, like I said, like, like I've told you on various occasions, I have felt that although I do know subconsciously my, my family is proud of me and the person that I've become, considering my disadvantages and considering the fact that when I was born, the, 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 the neurologist told my parents at the time that there was a 100% chance, and listeners, you know this because I've said it already, but the neurologist told my parents um, that there was a 100% chance that I would be retarded, so. Wow. Fuck that guy. Wow. Did I tell you that? 100% chance. Yeah, did I tell you that? No, you didn't tell me. That's insane. Why do I? It's like you're a a, medical marvel. I am not a medical marvel, sweetheart. I'm a... I'm a, I'm a high-functioning fuck-up. Well, you always put yourself down. You yeah, know? I do. I'm like, yeah, I'm like... That, the way that you think about yourself is not the way other people think of you. Yeah, I know, I know. Is there anything that you want to ask me? Actually, yes. Go, go for it. So, if you had the opportunity to pitch a brand new Star Trek show, what would be the premise? Uh, Okay, well, if I had the opportunity to pitch a brand new Star Trek show, the premise would be, um, it it, it would focus around a, a medical civilian, a spaceship that, that gets, that gets entrusted with evacuating people for uh, evacuating civilizations from dying planets after the uh, after the destruction of Romulus in the Kelvin timeline. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And who who's the villain? Who's the bad guys? Uh, I I would probably make the bad guys a species that you've never heard of before. Oh, okay. I like that. I like yeah. that. But I'm also just so you know, when you do pitch it, I'm partial to the Borg. You so like I really the Borg, right? Them as of course you do. You love Voyager. You're a Voyager nut. I know. I love Voyager so much. <laughs> Which is probably why I like the Borg. But yeah, I think the Borg is like as as a as a villain um, yeah. is probably the top villain ever. Yeah. In sci-fi. Yeah, but I would. Um, the the reason why I would use a villain that nobody's ever heard of is because I wouldn't want to be tied down to existing canon. 
Yeah, which is what I like, which is like when you said that, you said you wanted to use a villain nobody's ever heard of. I thought that's a really good idea. So I think I think that if you had the chance, that's a, that's a good sort of um, route to take. By the way, I have a question. Um, if we ever, well, I'm telling you this now because I want it on record. If we ever work together, I'm, yeah, if we ever work together, ever, and you don't sh kill me after the first writing session, I'm going to force you to write something that is not horror. I've written stuff that's not horror. I've, I've written, um, yeah, I, I, sometimes I like to expand my awareness. So <laughs> I love horror. I love writing horror. But sometimes I just get ideas that aren't horror. Like um, I've written, I've written a sci-fi short, short sci-fi. I'm not good with sci-fi because I just I love watching it, but writing it I feel like would be really difficult because it's so oh. a lot of it's really really technical, mm -hmm. and I just my brain just can't handle that. <laughs> um, I've written a, a I've written a love story. I thought, no, you know what, I'm no gonna write way. different genres just to take me out of it i've written um two dramas um and but most of it's horror but yeah i've written heaps of other genres yeah well you I can... just focus on i just focus on horror because horror is the lane that i want to be in so i just focus on that no i would actually love to read um something of yours that is not horror because i do want to i do want to read the body because i've heard a lot of things about that um yeah Actually, I read some articles about it, but um, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just really interested to see. I want to see if actually you live up to the writing acumen that I think you have. And I, I still can't believe you haven't read any of my stuff. That's no, because so you haven't seen any of your stuff. Yeah. But now we're putting it on record that you owe me some stuff. I will, you and, know what, like today, yeah. I will, when, when this is finished, I will send you yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. I won't, I won't kiss your ass too much. Yeah. <laughs> Just the truth. That's all I ask for. Yeah. I don't yeah. like when people lie. I don't like when people sugarcoat stuff. No, you, you tell the truth and I, I do the same. Yeah. The other thing that I would love to see you do um, is write a TV show, which I, which I know that you're not used to writing for tv so if i were work yeah. yeah if i ever worked with you that that would be something that i would ask i would probably i'll probably hire you to 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 work on my staff i would yeah i'd have to be taught how to write uh for television because it's a completely different style in yeah. my head it's, i've never in my life wanted to write for television it's it's only been um features but you know i'm open to, to learning it's, how to write yeah, it's not. Television. It's but not never that, say never. Yeah, it's not that different. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, you think it's different, but it's it's uh, it's not that different. Yeah, if you ever actually just want to see me bullshit on the internet live about science fiction stuff, I'm I'm live on YouTube every Friday night. Uh, yeah, I've seen your tweet, and I click on it the YouTube thing where you guys are talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like sci-fi stuff. Oh, so you actually watch that shit. The length of it. Pardon? Oh, so 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 you actually click on it, okay. All right. Because a lot of people don't of do that. Of course I click on it. <laughs> yeah, I click on it. But then I but then I see it's like two and a half, three hours long and I think no I don't way. like I don't know if I could commit to three hours. But I did notice on your last one that you guys were having a conversation about Superman and Lois. That's but right. I didn't know where it was in the two hours, but I really wanted to know, like, your thoughts, because I'm in the middle of watching it. I think I'm on episode, like, seven or eight. Um, but And I haven't, like, I'm way behind. But um, do you watch it? Yes, I do. Superman, Superman and Lois is one of my favorite shows. Uh, um, yeah, I feel right like now. it's written really well. I feel like it's a really good show. I wasn't sure at the beginning because... Um, Lois and Clark, the one with Dean Cain, um, old school, is one of my favorites. So I didn't know how this was going to go, but um, I think I think they're doing really well with it. 
Are you kidding me? You love Lewis and Clark? Like old school Lewis and Clark? Love Lewis and Clark. Love it. Terry Hatcher, Dean Kane. Oh my god. I yeah, I've got I've got all the seasons on DVD. Um, uh, okay. I, I love Lewis and Clark. I mean yeah, yeah, I didn't think it was possible to think you were cooler, but you just went up like a hundred points. <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I I have to I have to mention this. Uh, when you see your uh, mother or your father, um, you have to tell them that they gave you the the, the most awesomest name ever. Your uh, your name is like you belong on on uh, on the planet Arrakis, fighting with uh, fighting with Paul Atreides, man. I mean, your name my is first awesome. Name or my last name, or both. both of them. Well, funny that because my um, my mom didn't know what to call me. When I was born, what she was just like, yeah, she didn't know because she thought she thought she was having a boy. She never got when she went like she never got them to say like this is the sex of your baby. She's just like, no, I'm having a boy and that's it. So when I popped out and I wasn't a boy, she was like, oh damn, now I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know what to name her. So in the hospital, she got all of her friends and family to come in and just to say names, just to see if anything was sort of piqued her interest. And then one of her friends Dean. said, "Why don't you call her Dean?" Dean. And she was, she goes instantly. I was like, "Yes, that's it. That's the name." And he was like, "You spell it D E N E because that's the girl's version of the boy's name." And she was like, "Yes, love it. That's her name." So that's sort of how I was named. Yeah, but your your name is awesome it sounds like it sounds like you're like a fucking warrior princess that's gonna slay a bunch of fools it's awesome yeah, so stark is actually um scottish so i've got like scottish heritage and i think i'm like from some tribe that was like back in like i don't know 1700s. Really? so yeah no i like my name i think it's pretty cool hmm by the way, are you proud of me? Because I, I I did tell you a long time ago that the first time we chatted, I was gonna I was gonna swoon over your voice for like five or ten minutes, and I didn't do that. Um, you didn't <laughs> you didn't do it, but you might have been doing it on the inside, and I just didn't know about it. No, actually, uh, when um, <laughs> no, actually, when we started um, using WhatsApp a couple of days ago, and you started sending me voice messages, I was like. I was like, just give me a minute. I'm like, okay, I'm over it. I don't know what the fascination is with Australian accents. I think we have like, I don't think our accent is like sexy at all. I think it's like a, Interesting. I think it's like a retarded version <laughs> of like the, the, the English accent. I mean, it is, it is. It's like, it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I love it. Like it's my accent, but I, I just, I don't get the fascination. We were having a conversation the other day, and you mentioned to me that when you watch something, you don't pick it apart. You don't nitpick something. Um, where did that come from? Did that just did that just stick with you before you were a screenplay writer, or is that or or is that something that you made a conscious choice not to pick something apart like that when you're watching something? Yeah, it's a conscious choice. I used to do it when I started screenwriting. I used to watch things and pick it apart, and then I realized I wasn't actually enjoying what the movie had to offer, so I stopped it. Now I've got two brains. There's one brain where I sit down and I watch something and I enjoy it and I don't pick it apart, but then when I switch my screenwriter brain on and I'm like, no, actually, I want to see how they've structured it. I want to see how what they've done with the character. So I get like a pen and a paper out, and I just sit there and I um, just analyze everything. But yeah, if you... If, if I analyzed everything I watched, like where's the enjoyment? Like for me, there's no enjoyment. I want it. The, the film crew have made this movie for entertainment purposes to take you out of where you are and put you into the movie. And I don't want to spoil that for them. So yeah, I don't, I don't pick it apart. The only thing that I do is that I like, like I have hero worship when it comes to Kevin Williamson, when it comes to, okay. uh, you know, when it comes to Kevin, when it yeah, when it comes to JJ, and when it comes to Alex and Bob, and whenever I watch something that they do, um, it, it's very hard for me to separate how much I love their past work. 
So you you know even if even if um, even if they write something that that's not very good, I will I will find something good about it. Like 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 have you dealt with that? Um, not not really, no. Because when I watch something, it's only after the fact that I um, research um, who wrote it, who directed it, and all that. But in saying that. Let's talk about Justice League for one second. Which one? So I watched, obviously, yeah, that exactly. Which one? Okay, I watched the original one, and I was like, okay, that's not bad. I mean, it's bad, but it's not that bad, and I was so disappointed because Justice League, I was super excited. It's bad. And then when, yeah, it's bad. I didn't want to say it, but yeah, it's bad. And then when Zack Snyder's version came out, and I watched that, I was like, whoa. Why wasn't we? Why weren't we given this version? And because I knew that this was a different version, I did pick it apart. I enjoyed it, but I was like, okay, that wasn't in that one, and they cut that one. And I'm like, wait, why didn't they do that? And then the dialogue was different, and then the ending was different. The ending was amazing with the Joker and how they were like in like the future. That was epic. I was like, I want to see that movie. I want to see Batman dragging the Joker through the desert with guns, like, that was just an epic. And see, I'm telling you this, I'm getting goosebumps because that's something that I want to see. But that's the only um, movie that I've really picked apart beforehand, only because I had something to compare it to. That whole end scene is 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 from an Elseworld future where the Joker somehow... Uh, um, made Superman accidentally kill Lewis and take her heart out. Yes, yes. We need to. We need to go dark. Yeah, I want to see like bad Superman, and not just five minutes of bad Superman, like in Justice League. I want to see an entire movie where he's like the villain, and they've got to stop him. That would be awesome. That would be epic. If it wasn't for Zack Snyder, I wouldn't have uh, found my love for Watchmen. I I love his original Watchmen film, and then when you know uh, one of my top favorite writers of all time, Damon Lindelof, decided to do the Watchmen TV series for HBO, I was like, somebody's talking to me. This is just this is made for me. I am so lucky that I have someone like you in my life that I can just talk to or write to, and sort of bounce off um, ideas off of. Um, you are one of the first writers to make me feel that I wasn't alone in this in this solitary, awful profession that you and I have both chose. Because, yeah. yeah, if I ever have kids and my kids want to be screenplay writers, I'm not going to stop them. But what I'm going to make them do first is I'm going to say, hey, go to school and get an ed- education. Yeah. Go, go to school and do that. And then after you do all that, if you want to come back, and if you want to suffer and feel in anguish all the time, go for it. But get yeah. an, get an education first. Yeah, I mean, I would say I would say exactly the same thing because with with anything sort of Hollywood industry based, it's not what you know; it's who you know. I could be the best screenwriter on the planet, and mm-hmm. if but if I don't know anyone that could get me into the industry, I mean, it just you know it would be a fluke. Mm-hmm. If I got in not knowing someone, but unfortunately, well, being located where I am and not really having the opportunity to do a lot of networking, it's going to be hard. I feel like it will happen. I, I have no doubt um, that if either of us is going to make it to uh, is going to make it to the promised land, it's going to be you, because <laughs> I look. Um, I, I do a bunch of other shit besides screenplay writing, right? That's yeah. that's all that you do. Yeah. So <laughs> unfortunately, that's true. So I I like like well like 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 four or five years ago, if if I came up with an idea, I could just sit down and write that idea within a week, right? Now I can't do that. Now I have to actually really really think about it before I do it. Um, yeah. You know, and I think, I you know, I think that's part of my writer's, uh, you know, process and me getting older and, and me having so much crap and so much self-doubt in my head. 
Uh, because when I was a... Yeah, the self-doubt is a killer. It's yeah. a killer. The, yeah. the self-doubt is... I mean, that will literally burn, kill burn any you. creativity you have within you. Like, And it's not even real. Like, no. It's fake. Yeah, like, it's... Your brain telling you. But it's not It's not reality. It's, it's just you in your little bubble telling you yourself that you can't do it, you're not good enough. But it's not... I mean, it's fear not... is not real. It's fake. It's an illusion. It's not real. Yeah, no, but um, I'm actually, after I finish my, this season of, of my podcast, I'm actually going to go back and address the, I'm going to look at your notes again, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do a third draft of the script that I send you, but I'm going to try and address the issues that you pointed out, and I'm going to try and... Uh, Get that thing off the ground. If I can't do it, then I'm just going to let it go because I spent more than half of my life as a writer trying to tell this story. And if I can't do it, then nobody, then I don't think anybody can. So, yeah, I feel like that's too long. Yeah. Like that's too long to spend on one script. It's different. Like if you're writing the script based on your experiences and it's just something for you to, um, to help you cope. Whereas you write down all the stuff that you should say or want to say or never said, then that's one thing. But yeah, spending that long on a script, I mean, maybe it's not supposed to be anything. Maybe your next script is. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, and the and, and the next script that I'm that I'm gonna do uh, is is a is a pilot script. <laughs> this is where you're gonna say I'm a hack and all I know is how to do and write from my experiences. But I want to do a fictional version of my high school experience. So, Ooh, so, so, okay. so, yeah. so, so basically it's like, it's, it's like, it's like my version of Dawson's Creek. But, uh, yeah. Oh, I like that. That's cool. I love high school drama, Dawson's Creek-esque yeah. TV shows. So, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's what I'm going to do uh, next after... After I deal with uh, after I deal with the script that I'm going to send you, and then after that, after that I'm going to write uh, a procedural with um, with an Australian pol- with an Australian police detective. Oh, you better get our slang right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, you, yeah, you're gonna well, you're gonna help me with that one because I will definitely. Uh, one of the um, with, I wanted to base one of the characters on you, and the only thing look the only thing that you told me. Was I think you said don't make me um, don't make me self don't make me self servant or something like that, and I said I remember you brought this up to me, but I can't remember what I said. I remember you. I remember I said don't make me, but I don't. I can't remember. Yeah, what I said. yeah, and I was like, dude, I'm I, I I what what I have planned for you is kind of heartbreaking and kind of disturbing. So I'm gonna have some fun with oh, you. Oh, I love it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have some fun with you. I'm gonna make you suffer, and then gonna make you uh, take out your, you know. But, but, um, yeah. So that one is gonna be called uh, the other side. So, um. Oh, good title. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about titles. That's a good title. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're I all about like titles. The, title of the movie is just like you have to have a title to bring people in. There are some titles of movies that are just like rubbish but then other titles like jaws that's great like, whoa that is such a good freaking title like jaws yeah and then you've got stuff like again like 13 ghosts it's like wow wait what and yeah so yeah the title is everything what is your obsession with like with like with like haunted house story with like i don't like i i understand that you are obsessed with horror but you like Rig like ghost hunter stories. What's your obsession with that? Um, I have a probably unhealthy fascination with the paranormal. Anything paranormal. Anything oh, on the shit. So when I watch, so I love ghost hunting shows. Just, I want to see the evidence they pick up. I want to see how they conduct themselves. I want to see if they catch anything. Um, haunted house movies, I love. Just, just any look, anything paranormal. It's just, it's, it's an unhealthy obsession, really. Did um, did you hear about that new um, uh, Showtime series that J.J. Abrams produced about the government finally, um, possibly acknowledging the the 
existence of extraterrestrials? I I might have. I feel like that's ringing a bell, but I don't know what it's called. And I don't know when it's out. I, I have kept you long enough, and I I really appreciate you coming on the show and not making me sound like an asshole because I told my audience that you would come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing this. This was super fun. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so just for shits and giggles, if the audience wants to find you, what would be the best place for them to do that online? Uh, you can go to my Twitter, which is just Dane Stark, D-E-N-A Stark, um, or Instagram. I've got Instagram, which is Dane Stark 477 because somebody, and I don't know who it is, took my name, Dean Stark. There is nobody else on the planet with my name, yet when I tried to register for Instagram, it said, no, that name is taken. How is it that somebody has taken my first and last name? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> that wasn't your question. My answer is Dean Stark, and I had to put numbers at the end, 477 at um, on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you very, very much for coming here and chatting with me about screenplay writing and about a whole bunch of other shit. And if you ever want to yeah, if you ever want to come back, you're always welcomed. I want to come back. I want to come back. I love doing this. All right, guys. So that'll do it for this edition of the Red Wall Podcast, episode number 82, entitled Written By. If you like anything that I do here, I would appreciate a like, a comment, or subscribe on whatever podcast service that you happen to be listening to me on right now. But until next time, as always, I'll see you when I see you.